hosted by Frankie on 19th of November 2001 at 2.36pm. I search a young boy between 18 and 25 year old. Have you a normal body? I butchering you and eat your horny flesh. Frankie. This is the story of Armin Mavis, the Metzgermeister. Hi, I'm your host Cambo. Grab a beer and pull up a deck chair. This is True Crime Island, another true crime podcast. So tonight I have a request from one of the islanders that goes by the name of Amber. And I should give a warning to any vegetarians or vegans out there tonight. I'm going to talk about eating meat. Human meat. Well, nowadays, we have plenty of apps and internet sites to help people match up with others looking for love or companionship. It wasn't always swipe left or right and hook up, especially if you were looking for a specific niche or fetish. You may have to look a little deeper. Maybe even go looking into the deep, dark corners of the World Wide Web. Look, research for this has led me down some very dark paths. I will warn you when the gruesome bits are approaching, but hey, part of true crime is finding out what people are capable of. So just don't be eating dinner while listening. There's a rule on the internet... Rule number 34. That states, if it exists, there's porn of it. Basically, saying anything you can think of, you'll be able to find porn of that subject on the internet and people getting off on it. So when you think of cannibalism, according to rule 34, there will be people out there that get off on it. And not only getting horny being the cannibal, but there are those out there that have the sexual fantasy of being eaten. So let me tell you the story of Armin Mavis, also known as the Rottenberg Cannibal or Demetzgermeister, the Butcher Master. FYI, his name is spelled M-E-I-W-E-S, just in case you want to search for him, but of course it's, it's pronounced Mavis. In the intro, I read out one of Armin's posts on a forum called the Cannibal Cafe. Now that was way back in 2001. But before I get to that part, I think I should go into a bit of Armin's past. Armin Mavis, born on the 1st of December 1961 in Essen, West Germany. Now, remember when Germany was split into East and West? Well, Armin was born in West Germany. He was the third son of Waltrud Mavis, and according to court records, he was the first child of her third husband. Waltrud had previously had one son with each of her other husbands. His oldest brother was 15 years older, 
and his other brother was six years older than him. Eventually, his older brother moved to Berlin and his second brother moved in with him pretty quickly after that. September the 29th, 1970. Armin was just eight years old when his father left the family. Armin had been playing hide-and-seek when he heard his parents arguing and then saw his father put the pedal to the metal and take off in the car, never to return. This left Armin with his bitter, twisted, dominant and Avon lady-selling mother. Without brothers for company, Armin developed an imaginary friend he called Frankie and had an obsession with the fairy tale Hansel and Gretel. At this early stage of life, Armin starts to fantasise about eating his friends so that they will become part of him and never leave him, unlike his father and brothers. At this stage, Armin and his mother were living in a rundown mansion in Rottenburg and Defolder. Armin's mum, Waltrode, was overly critical of him and would accompany him everywhere he went. She wasn't shy on telling him off in public as well. Armin attended high school until his ninth school year, when he had to repeat a year because of missing six months due to an ear infection. At 18 years of age, Armin joined the 52nd Armoured Infantry Battalion stationed at Rottenburg. Although he received several promotions during his army life, other soldiers had no respect for him and could dominate him without fear of retribution. He at least had a date for one Christmas party. His mum! <laughs> he ended up getting drunk and crashing his car and lost his licence. As soon as he got his licence back, he got drunk and he crashed his car again. In fact, on the few occasions Armin did get a date, his mum would chaperone them and, as you can imagine, drove all his potential girlfriends away. Now, I don't think she drove them away to keep Armin for herself. Rather, she didn't think any of them were good enough for him. So the army did not really suit him and in 1991, he left and decided to become a computer technician and take care of his mum as she was becoming sickly. The early 90s was not a bad time to get into computers. I mean, who had a 486 PC? They were the latest thing back then. Armin would manipulate photos of people that he had downloaded from the net and change them, change them to make it look like they were dismembered. And apparently he was pretty good at this. In 1999, his mother died of cancer. This left him totally alone in the dilapidated mansion. He constructed a shrine to his mother in the house and had a plastic mannequin he would turn down the blankets for each night. So, with mum not watching, Armand started to look at dirty pictures on the internet. This was better than going down the shop to buy a stick book. You could just keep clicking and clicking with a never-ending supply of reference material. Apparently. Eventually, he gravitated towards porn that featured torture and pain. 
This led him to chat rooms and forums, and to his surprise, he found others that had the same cannibalistic fetish that he had. So you can imagine the smile on his face when he found that first cannibal chat room. Anyway, Armin would soon come across the Cannibal Cafe Forum. In the introductory post, it says, Welcome to the Cannibal Cafe message board. This board is, like the rest of the website, being provided by the necrobabes.com via their necrobabes.org. Meanwhile, we here at the Cannibal Cafe, in association with the California and Midwest Human Female Stockmen's Association, hope that you will use and enjoy this forum for the exchange of messages and notices. You heard that right. The California and Midwest Human Female Stockmen's Association. Now, this site was hosted by a guy called Pero Loco, a self-styled prophet and religious leader of the Holy Church of Dolce, California. And he runs the organisation called California and Midwest Human Female Stockman Association, of whom he says he is the chairman. He claims to be the supplier of high-quality human female meat to various clients in Britain and other European countries. As per his website details, he claims that girls volunteer themselves for the snuff video training and they have the option of either to volunteer for butchering or being a breeding sex slave to their owners. I mean, you can't make this shit up. So Armin creates an online identity called Frankie. Yes, the same name as his imaginary friend when he was younger. So Frankie posts to the message board, I searched for a young boy between 18 and 25 years old. Have you a normal and healthy body? I will butcher you and eat your horny flesh. Frankie. Now, he gets plenty of responses. Most of them are probably just doing the fantasy thing and don't really want Frankie to eat them. But one guy, Borg Jose, actually met up with Armin in real life. He got to the stage of being laid out on Armin's table ready to be butchered. He then complained of feeling sick, and so Armin let him go. Armin let him go partly because of the, f- the fantasy was that the victim had to be cons- consensual. So thinking about this, it's early on in the dawn of the internet. So not everyone has the internet. There's a site that is mainly concerned with cannibalism. So not everyone on the internet is into cannibalism. And out of those people, Armin posing as Frankie is able to get one person who is willing to be eaten. I mean, what the fuck did he fuck fuck? What, what is wrong with some of these people? So the chances of getting a second volunteer to be eaten must be so improbable, hey? Nup the fuck.
Frankie Hook's another one. A 43-year-old Bern Jürgen Brands, a corporate middle management drone who on Valentine's Day 2001 replies to Frankie and writes, I am 36 years old, 175 centimetres and weigh 72 kilo. I hope you are really serious about it because I really want it. Now that's so romantic for a Valentine's Day message. So they exchange various lurid emails discussing on the best way to be eaten and decide to meet up on the 9th of March 2001. Brandt suggests that his skull be used as an ashtray. I mean, that's ridiculous. As everyone knows, you don't have to suggest to a smoker what to use as an ashtray. The world is an ashtray. So, on the 9th of March 2001, Brantz goes to Armin, or as he knows him, Frankie's house. Before Brantz leaves, he deletes his browser history and emails. He tells his partner he's going on a work trip. He sells his car, everything's gone. He then buys a one-way ticket from Berlin to Kassel, where Frankie picks him up. On their arrival at Frankie's house, Frankie goes to the kitchen to make coffee, leaving Brant in the sitting room. Now, I'm, while I'm talking about Brant and Armin together, I will call him Frankie. So Armin is Frankie. So on their arrival at Frankie's house, Frankie goes to the kitchen to make coffee, leaving Brantz in the sitting room. Brantz then strips naked and says to Frankie as he brings in the coffee, I want you to admire your dinner. Then Brantz gets cold feet and wants to go home. So Frankie starts driving him back towards Castle Station, but then Brantz freaks out about the drama he will have with his partner when he gets home. So they decide to turn around and go back to Frankie's. I mean, imagine the conversation in the car. I mean, let's go on. On return, they start again. This time, Armin sets up a video camera to record the whole thing, and this will be inside his soundproof slaughter room. They have a root, and then Brantz consumes sleeping pills, a bottle of cough medicine, and washes it all down with some with a snaps chaser. Brantz demands that Frankie, and don't forget I'm calling Armin Frankie while this role play is carrying on, and warning, warning, warning to the vegetarians and vegans now. Brant demands Frankie bite off his cock and eat it. You heard that right. Bite off my cock and eat it. At first, Frankie couldn't bite it off. So he grabbed the knife. It was just too hard to bite off. So you can imagine this scene. So Frankie grabs a knife. The knife was too blunt. So you can imagine he's trying to bite it off and... That's not working. So he gets a knife and he's trying to 
sort of saw it off and the nice to to fucking blunt so frankie goes off and finds a sharp messer or sharp knife and 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 this did it so ouch um Brant's screamed for maybe two or three minutes with blood squirting out like a fountain everywhere. And I, I don't know about you, but I would be screaming for a little bit longer than a couple of minutes. But, okay, that's what they reckon. Let, let's go on. Frankie then blanched Brant's dick, seasoned it with salt, pepper and garlic, and then fried it. Now, it shriveled to almost nothing. I guess you know how you get a big bit of bacon and you and you cooking it and it ends up shrinking when you like to get your crispy bacon. I, I guess it's all just shriveled to nothing. But it was too chewy to eat, so he gave it to the dog. Now, uh, Frankie then ran a bath for Brands. He went to another room and read a Star Trek book while checking in on uh, Brant's every 15 minutes or so. So Brant's, with no dick, he's bleeding out in a bath. After a couple of hours, Frankie notices Brant's collapsed on the bathroom floor. So he's, he's obviously tried to get out of the bath. I don't know if he wanted to go for a wee, but he's, he's, he's on the bathroom floor. So Frankie takes him to the bedroom and they agree not to call an ambulance. Eventually, in the early hours of the morning, Frankie slits Brant's throat to finish him off. I guess he's just not dying fast enough. Armin, or Frankie, then proceeded to cut up Brant's in a manner that he learnt from the internet. Now, remember, all this is being videotaped. I have seen what may or may not be stills from the video. If they are real, Armin, and warning, 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 that if they are real, Armin cuts off Brand's head, then hangs him from the ceiling. He then proceeds to drain the rest of the blood out of him. Armin then cuts Brand's in half from between the legs all the way down through his belly chest and of course there's no head he then processed the meat pulverized the bones and buried the head hands and feet in the garden so i guess he didn't use his skull as an ashtray after all he then went about cooking and eating brants with one of his favorite recipes being rump steaks with pepper or wine sauce potatoes and served on good crockery. He also minced up the chewier cuts and made meatballs. He would later tell reporters that his first meal was a piece of rump steak, a piece from his back, and that it was a special occasion. Armin had laid out candles, his good dinnerware and wine. He ate it with potatoes and sprouts. He also said, the first bite was of course very strange. It was a feeling I can't really describe. I'd spent over 40 years longing for it and dreaming about it. 
And now I was getting the feeling that I was actually achieving this perfect inner connection through his flesh. The flesh tastes like pork, but stronger. So Brant's partner goes to police and reports him missing. But Brantz has pretty much deleted all trace of his dealing with, dealings with Frankie. And so police have fucking no idea where to look. At this time, Armin would post photos of his cannibalism on the internet. And he was the hero of cannibals worldwide. And I will tell you, cannibalism is worldwide and it's going on now. That was one of the dark, dark, deep paths I went down researching this. You can have a look. It's on the internet. Anyway, Armin would often watch the video and spank his monkey. So, look, this just shows there was some sexual motive to what he'd done, right? He just can't let go of it. By the time Armin has consumed about 30 kilo or 60-odd pounds of Brandt's flesh, and this took him about 10 months, he goes back online to the Cannibal Cafe and posts that he's looking for his next victim. One of his posts reads, Are you between 18 and 25 years old, normal and healthy? Is it your desire to put an end to your life? But if you want something that makes sense, then come to me. I'll slaughter you and use your body in delicious schnitzel and steaks. Interested? Then please apply with indication of age, height and weight, preferably with photo. Signed, Frankie. So at this stage, police have absolutely no idea that Armin posing as Frankie was involved with the death of Brantz. But one of the members of the Cannibal Cafe Forum contacts police and lets them know about this Frankie guy that seems to be playing out more than a fantasy about eating people. On the 28th of November 2002, police get a warrant to search Armin's house. They searched and took evidence such as meat from the freezer and some videos. They didn't notice a hidden compartment in the bottom of the freezer at this stage. Armin is arrested and questioned. The videos the police found at first did not contain the video of the slaughter on Brant's and as you can imagine, they needed to send the meat off to be tested. Police had no choice but to release him. But then Armin met a woman and he had some sort of feeling he needed to confess what he'd done. He felt this was in order to further his relationship with this woman. So that, that's a little bit weird, but yeah, we'll go with that. So he ends up going to police and confessed to everything he'd done. On the 10th of December 2002, he was arrested and further searches on his house began. Police dug up a skull and the remains of disembodied hands and feet. They took away more meat samples. They found these in the hidden compartment of the freezer and now they had possession of the slaughter video. They ended up with about 
35 bags of meat. Now, the missing person file on Brands could be closed. Well, you know, at least his friends and relatives could be informed. So police go through Armin's computer and are able to track back a couple of, a year, couple of years trawling through the internet. They were able to trace back all of his correspondence on the Cannibal Cafe and other forums. They also found thousands of images depicting torture and porn. The results on the analysis of the meat taken from his house also came back as positive for human meat. Along with the video as evidence, on the 17th of July 2003, Armin was charged with murder for the purposes of sexual pleasure and with disturbing the peace of the dead. Open and shut case, you would think, but it was almost as if Armin was shouting boom fagalanga at the authorities as there was a lot of debate on whether he should be charged or convicted at all. You see, it was clearly evidence, evident in the correspondence between Armin and Brantz that it was a mutual decision with Brantz offering his body to be eaten by Armin. At the time, there was no law against cannibalism in West Germany. But, as I think we're aware of more now than years ago, there should be mental health issues taken into consideration as well. Brantz, Brantz, he did have a good job, seemed to be reasonably well adjusted, and, and he had a partner. It looks like he may have been suffering from depression, and this coupled with getting on the net looking for someone to eat him, I mean, well, let's just say he was suffering from a mental condition. Also, at the time of the act of getting his dick bitten off or cut off and ultimately being killed, Brands had consumed a lot of drugs, so consent may have been an issue here as well. Armin didn't force him into his house. In fact, he was happy not to go through with the killing and drive Brantz back to the station to go home. Armin's state of mental health, well, that had to be looked at as well. Now, other than abandonment issues and mother issues, he really couldn't be seen as crazy at the time that all this went down. So it's not such an open and shut case. During the trial... 19 key minutes of the video Armin took that day was shown to the court after journalists and the public were removed. Well, on the 30th of January 2004, Armin would be found guilty of manslaughter and sentenced to eight and a half years in prison. Now, this didn't sit well with the prosecution and with some of the people it did open up debate on whether or not he should be tried and convicted at all. Again, seeing as though Brands was, he willingly gave up his body to be eaten by Armin. In April 2005, the prosecutors appealed his sentence and a retrial was ordered. The retrial commenced on the 12th of January 2006. The prosecutors argued that Armin should have been convicted of murder, not manslaughter, and given a life sentences. 
One of the main issues was whether or not Brantz agreed to his killing given his mental state at the time and also whether he was able to give consent after all the drugs and alcohol had kicked in, as we said before. Another aspect of the retrial was whether Armin killed Brantz to satisfy his sexual desires and not just because he'd been asked to kill Brantz. Even though Armin stated that he would not kill again as he was now satisfied by doing it once, the fact that he was looking for his next victim online, that just showed he was bullshitting a bit. A psychologist told the court, that Armin was likely to re-offend and still had fantasies about devouring the flesh of young people. I, I reckon this is, <laughs> this is pretty much right as well. I reckon he just wants to keep eating people. On May the 9th, 2006, Armin Mavis was convicted of murder and sentenced to life imprisonment. So, I find it tonight, it, it's hard to get the rage on this case. Clearly, it's a sad case, not only for Armin, but also for Brantz, the victim. By all accounts, it was an act planned out by both of them over a period of time, so it wasn't just a uh, hook up, let's do it. Armin obviously had mother and abandonment issues, but other than that, he just seems to be a normal functioning person in society. But then again, I, I suppose a lot of serial killers are like this as well. The guy next door. I never thought he would do this. Although I think Armin's next door neighbour thought he'd probably do something weird. Anyway, same, look, the same with Brands. He had a job, a relationship. He had a life. Everything seemed to be okay. But still their respective mental states deviated from what we could we would call normal. Well, what I think is normal anyway, I don't know about you islanders, what you all think is normal. We're all a little bit different, so there's some spectrum. Well, there was a quite a bit of cultural impact over this Armin Mavis eating people thing. Now, I'll, I'll just say I've lifted this from Murderpedia. They lifted it from Wikipedia. So I'll go over some of the cultural impact that Mavis had. The film Three and Out contains a reference to the incident in which a German persistently calls the protagonist asking if he would eat his penis. The protagonist, Paul, was previously looking for a man willing to jump in front of his train as he believed if three people did so in a month, he would get 10 years of wages. The song Mein Tier by German band Ramstein was inspired by the case. Other songs inspired by Mavis include the Wustenfeld Man-Eater by American death thrash metal band Macabre, eaten by Swedish death metal band Bloodbath, Let Me Taste Your Flesh by Spanish death metal band Avalst, as well as Cannibal Anthem by German electro-industrial project Wumpsgut. Cannibals of Rottenberg by the dirge country band Sons of Perdition, and Meshen Fresser, Eat Me by Electro Industrial Act Suicide Commando. Rock artist Marilyn Manson has identified Mavis as an inspirational in the titling of his album Eat Me, Drink Me. And there's been plenty of films, feature film Butterfly, A Grim Love Story, also now known as Rotenberg, which might be a pun on the name 
of the town Rottenburg near Armin Mavis's house and the German word Roh, which means apparently raw and uncooked. This was scheduled for German release in March 2006. However, it was banned in Germany after Mavis complained that his personality rights had been violated. British comedy, the IT crowd, now I haven't watched this, but I think a lot of people out there might have, parodied this story as part of a plot for the third episode of Series 2, wherein the characters Roy and Moss pretend to be interested in being eaten so they could watch a film on the cannibals' television. Hip-hot artist Necro briefly makes reference to the case in the song Human Consumption, In 2006, the film Cannibal was was released, reconstructing the event. In 2009, the book Emergency by Neil Strauss made a reference to Mavis in regards to how easy it must be to find things using the internet. Yes. I mean, you've got to be careful what you find on the internet. I'll just let you know that. Don't forget, delete your browser history. Also, in Life Imitating Art... In October 2007, Armin apparently helped investigators in the analysis of two suspected cannibal murders from 1998 and 2000, in which two young boys were found horribly mutilated, possibly by the same murderer. Clarice. Armin now works in the prison library, and he's a vegetarian. <laughs> You just can't make this shit up, can you? So, Islanders, what do you think? Not exactly a cold-blooded murderer. Still, he did take advantage of someone who may have just been going through some issues in his life and his conviction and sentence for murder. Is, Is that justifiable? I mean, you could argue this over a beer all afternoon. I did find some info that after Armin killed Brantz, five other people met him, although he didn't eat any of these people. So that's about all for tonight, and thanks for Amber for suggesting this case. True Crime Island is a listener-supported show and is commercial-free for all, so no skipping ahead. I would like to thank the newest patrons, Melissa, hi Melissa, Brendan, Todd, Ed's bumped his pledge up, Quinn Marie, Margaret, she's also bumped hers up. Thank you all for your support and all existing Patreon members. Thank you very much. Like I say, every cent goes back to the island. If you want to become a patron of the island, just go to patreon.com forward slash true crime island for as little as a dollar a month. You too can become a patron you can also do a one-off payment via paypal and if you want to do that go to paypal.me forward slash true crime island and i'd love to thank susan who just did this thank you so much you are so very generous if you want stickers or koozies you need to email me directly my email is cambo at truecrimeisland.com I can price it up for you according according to postage, but maybe hold off because I have pins and key rings that I can be I can send as well. They will be available in a couple of weeks. I've only got about ten can coolers left. 
I've got about 30 bottle ones, I think, left. So we'll get rid of all that, then I'll order some more stock. All other merch, such as T-shirts, hoodies, tote bags, mugs of rage and the like, is via the shop at truecrimeisland.threadless.com. And there's a new range. Thank you, Mr. Barney Black from Bloody Murder Podcast. He's put the Angry Man series up. So... Thank you, Barney, you're a legend, and I will be coming to see you very soon. There are links to everything at truecrimeisland.com. So my website, if you want iTunes or merch or Patreon or whatever, go to truecrimeisland.com. There's links for everything. You can download or stream the the episodes from there as well. Okay. Again. You don't have to spend money to support the show. You can rate, review, and share the love. The more people who know about the show, the better. If people don't know what a podcast is, then show them the way. Join the Facebook group. Just search for True Crime Island, and you can join in the chat there. Don't forget to check out Twitter and Instagram. The island's handle is at True Crime Island. You can join in the chat, and there's so many other podcasts you'll find on there as well. And hi to all the followers. Again, I want to remind you that True Crime Island is entered into the Australian Podcasts Award, and you can vote for the island in the popular vote category. Now, if everyone that listens to, listens to the island votes for the island, and it is your island, I will get the opportunity to yell boom fuckalunga to the world. So go to australianpodcastawards.com, go to the popular vote link and vote for the island. You will need to register first. Now, after apparently I've heard it's not the easiest things in the world, so please persist. Once you register, you can vote. And don't forget, you, the listeners, are what make this island what it is. Now, I've got a promo for this week. It's for my podcaster mates from Occulti Veritatis Podcast. If you haven't heard this podcast, do yourself a favour and search for it on iTunes and your favourite podcaster, Podcatcher. Well, that's about it for tonight. So... This has been Cambo, and you've been listening to True Crime Island. And as I always say, don't forget to delete your browser history. Good night. Hello, I'm Oud Gallifrey. I'm Sage Murray. And I'm Leon Felger. And we are the Occulte Veritatis Podcast. We talk about anything that intrigues, horrifies, or interests us, including true crime. Serial killers. Military conspiracies. (laughs) And other mysteries and horrors of reality. So get cozy with your favorite alcoholic beverage. Smoke a joint or two. Only if it's legally purchased medicinal marijuana, of course. And tune in. We would love to have you. You would. You can find all of our links, all of the ways you can subscribe, and the rest of our bullshit at www.ovpod.ca. 
We hope you listen in soon.